The reading is taken from Luke chapter 19 and verses 1 to 10. Zacchaeus the tax collector. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be, with this guest, to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Is everyone doing well? Lovely. As Andy said earlier, I'm Rob. I'm part of the staff team here at St. Mary's Longfleet. Um, I have the joy and privilege of leading our youth ministry, so overseeing the amazing uh, 11 to 18-year-olds here. They're great. Um, as well, you might have seen me, my wife and I lead worship here on, on occasions at the 8.45, and it's been a real joy to be a part of that, and it's been great. I'm now preaching. Um, soon you'll see me breaking bread. Um, yes, Andy got my joke. I'm one up, guys. I'm one up. <laughs> Moving on. Um, this morning, I'm going to be talking about being graciousness to others, as you have just been to my terrible jokes. Um, but one place where I always learn graciousness is with the youth group. Um, this image was taken on the weekend away back in October of 2021. And what this image doesn't tell you is the lack of sleep that I had received um, at that point, approximately six hours over a weekend, taking over 45 young people away from this church. Um, so I've never had the chance to thank you for our prayers um, for that weekend away, but it was amazing. And all joking aside, my heart is for young people to know their grace and love of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Having to demonstrate that love and grace to all the young people that we know here, to the schools that we go into in our day to day, and being gracious to others, to me, doesn't really seem like an option. It's kind of part and parcel with what we do, whether with a youth pastor here or whatever that we are doing. So, um, you might be a little bit confused um, that we have a supplementary series that has been running alongside our Just 10. Um, next week, we will be continuing that on with how to pace life healthily. But at the start of this year, um, Mark helpfully unpacked um, being gracious to ourselves at the start of this year and wanting that to be a continual theme. And during the all-age mornings, we've been running this supplementary series on grace. Um, so I'm going to do my best to kind of recap it because it's one a month. So um, bear with me. Is that all right? So Mark, um, helpfully, like I said, is talking about living under grace. It's not about what we do. God has already done that and given us his grace. 
And James last month helpfully um, unpacked of being gracious to ourselves and pointing at Jesus as the living water as he looks at the scriptures of John 4 at the woman at the well. And if you are watching online or you want to listen to the back, you can do, and I recommend that you do so. It's a real encouragement on both occasions, or even this one if you think it's that good. Um, but a way I wanted to summarize um, briefly is that what I was praying and discerning was the parable of the merchant. Um, some of you um, will be familiar with this, but we read in Matthew 13. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. I love this parable. Um, it's one of my favorites, mainly because it's short and I can remember the whole thing. But when I was thinking of ways of reframing how to recap God's grace, when we know its value, we trade everything in and it's worth that. It's worth everything that we have. God has given everything of him to us. But I want to propose another way of looking at this parable. And the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, um, in his book, Defraying in Mammon, helpfully supports my point that I'd like to make, which is good. Um, it could be understood in another way, that God is the merchant and we are the pearl. And that God has bankrupted heaven for us. He gave us his son and that is his grace. And when we understand, or the best of our knowledge of understanding what that grace is worth, then we know how much it is worth and we want to give everything up. But maybe this morning we need to remind you that you are a pearl. And Jesus' grace has already been given to you. And when, in the best of our knowledge to understand what that grace means to us, then we want to tell others about it, right? And that's kind of where we've landed today. So this kind of, as I wrap up, um, this supplementary series that we've been running alongside um, the Just Ten. This morning I'll be exploring being gracious to others. Um, in one way, it's um, kind of like the 11th commandment, um, or at least the golden rule that we read in Matthew 7. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do to them, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. I think whether we are a believer or not, whether we believe it was Jesus that said these words or not, I think everyone can get on board with this. Do one to others as you would do to yourself. I don't think anyone disagrees. And I think that kind of summarizes be gracious to others. So I guess the first question is, how? Well, I think the answer is demonstrate the grace that Jesus has showed us. Easy, right? Yeah, right, done. We can, oh, hello. we can all go home. But we all know it isn't that easy because we are human. And Jesus was human, but fully God, and I think he had a bit of a, you know. Anyway. But as I was reflecting on this passage, I realized there aren't many gospel accounts where we have follow-up. There are many times that we see Jesus transformed hearts, but not like the follow-up afterwards, you know, the, the what happened next bit. In one way, it's quite a beautiful thing that we don't know. In the same way in the parable of the sower, like we don't know where our seeds land. And in one way, we are kind of all products of that, that someone has showed us Jesus' grace. And we are here today as believers, or maybe someone has invited you, or you're listening online, that someone at some point has invited us or demonstrated God's grace to us, and we never know how far that's going to go. We never know. 
So I do think it's quite a beautiful thing that we don't know the full extent. But in Mark 5, where Jesus uh, restores the demon-possessed man, um, the man in Mark 5, 20, so the man went away and began to tell how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. That's, that's what he did. This amazing thing happened and told all the people. The feeding of the 5,000 in John 6. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this man is a prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that, knowing that they had intended to come and make him king by force, so he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. There isn't much follow-up. These amazing encounters happen that Jesus has stepped into someone's life. And in some way, I'd like to know a little bit more detail. And I was like, oh, I'm a bit stumped of what kind of passage to be looking for to share with you this morning. And as we're doing our devotions and our Bible readings, let's ask the question. How did they take that grace to someone else? I know we don't know. But how would we in ourselves, as we're reading these encounters, want to take that grace to those that we meet in our everyday I know it doesn't give like the full answer and the book of Acts is amazing because we see the, the works really worked out. My personal favorite, Acts 7. Stephen's my favorite. I have biases. But how do we take that? Let's ask those questions in our readings. So as I was discerning how to show graciousness to others, I kept coming back to Luke chapter 19, the story of Zacchaeus. Um, oh, I need my Bible. That would have been good. Can I borrow your Bible, Andy? Because it's holier. You know, is that all right? I'm really sorry. This is really well prepared, and that's point stopped. Um, yeah, I know. Um, so I'm going to walk us through uh, Luke chapter 19 uh, this morning, which was read so well by Sue and butchered by me. Um, Luke chapter 19, 1 to 4. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see Jesus, but couldn't, because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. I read the start of this passage and have so many questions, okay? Firstly, they point out Zacchaeus is wealthy, but a few verses earlier in Luke chapter 18, 25, Jesus says, Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for, for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And I find it interesting the juxtaposition or the positioning that Luke has placed these parables, the parables, these writings, that he's saying that if you are wealthy, you can't enter the kingdom of, if you're rich. And then Zacchaeus, someone that is wealthy, as we know, has entered the kingdom of God. Luke has been quite intentional, I think, about placing these parts. Um, it's not impossible, let's just make that clear, but he makes, he, he makes it difficult in some ways. But So I find that interesting that he likes to share the point that he is wealthy. Um, another point is that he likes just to say that he's short. I'm not entirely sure what it adds to the passage, if I'm honest, apart from a bit of, like, not humour, but... If the average height of Israel 2,000 years ago was about five foot, if you go to Wimborne Minster or Christchurch Priory, you'll see the doors are a fair bit smaller because people were kind of naturally smaller. So my nan is five foot, and between kind of Israel normal height and Zacchaeus height, she's getting there. But I, I don't know why it mentions it. There doesn't seem to be a reason, unlike um, the part that he is wealthy. And the fact that he's running down 
um, to go up and climb a tree. And in so many ways, just reminds me of a two Ronnie sketch in some capacity. Uh, just read it, and it's just, I find it minorly humorous, and it leaves me with so many questions. So we get to verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. It's quite a forceful invitation. Um, Zacchaeus means righteous one, pure one, innocent one. But yet he was a tax collector. Not only a tax collector, but a chief tax collector. And he would be in charge of um, collecting for the Roman office, so people didn't really like him. And any kind of extra money that he would be able to have, he could, you know, kind of keep, and people knew that. So people really didn't like him at all. And he really didn't live up to his name. And Jesus invites himself over to his house. I don't know if anyone's ever done that. Maybe not too much in England. We're not too, like, you know, one day when someone says, make yourself at home, I want to have the audacity to go upstairs, start running a bath and be like, well, you just said, make yourself at home. Jesus invites himself to be with Zacchaeus. And in many ways, it reminds us of Revelation 3.20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. In verse 6, we read, So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Zacchaeus went in that tree for a reason. I know it sounds really daft to say that, but he wanted to be with Jesus. He wanted to catch a glimpse of him. He wanted to see what was going on. And he went to quite a bit of an effort to climb that tree. And Jesus calls him out. He talks to him. And in many ways, he could have stayed in that tree and went, no, 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 it's all right. I, you know, you know. And if you've ever been starstruck by someone or anyone else like that, you know, like, ooh. He could have frozen. And maybe we've come to church at times. I know I have and been like, I'm ready to meet with Jesus. And it's been, you know, uncomfortable. Or when I've been challenged or when I've been... Um, that the, the word has challenged me or the worship has and that I need to make a response and sometimes I just stand there and go Ugh. but Jesus uh, Zacchaeus steps out of the tree and not only that there would have been a crowd of onlookers they would have been gathered around thinking ha Jesus has got this guy he's a horrible mean tax collector and Jesus they're expecting him to rebuke him but he doesn't Jesus doesn't rebuke Zacchaeus. He says, I'm coming around your house for dinner. And the fact he does the opposite, we get the response of the crowd, well, from the people in verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be with the guest of a sinner. Have you ever judged someone for receiving God's grace? Have you ever thought about that someone isn't worthy of his grace? Have we ever been a barrier to someone else? Past a judgment or a prejudice? Been like the older brother that we read in the parable of the lost son. I know at times I've been guilty of this. And I know it's difficult because we don't know the full picture and maybe we know the earthly view, but Jesus wants to meet with every single person on this earth. taking that grace that we know 
and giving it to everyone that we meet. I have had actually a really encouraging last few months. I want to share a positive story. Um, the last um, couple of months, well, last weekend actually, last Saturday, we had a gathering of over 140 young people down in Hamworthy at an event called Resound. It was amazing. And from, particularly from across Dorset and in our parish, it was a, working with churches together across Dorset. And this event, we had over 20 young people come forward. In October, we had over 40 people say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. And to be honest, I think I was a little bit cynical. I was like, oh, maybe it's a bit of hype and, you know, whatever. But as I sat and prayed, I realized because of the pandemic and many things in our lives, that are we even asking people, do you want to know Jesus? Have we invited people? Have we written off? Have we said people's no's for others? Are we inviting people to know his grace and his love? So last Saturday, I was blown away. Because to be honest, I thought, oh no, I shut my eyes. And I was like, oh, there's one person coming. I looked up and there was 20. And I'm like, oh, my life. People want to respond to this call and this grace and this love that God has given us. Romans 3.20, what Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this is the only reason I can think of why they mention Zacchaeus is short. Because <laughs> it works quite well with this passage. <laughs> all have been Zacchaeuses. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here I am. I give you half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. He didn't say this to earn salvation. This is a statement that demonstrates salvation. This would have been pretty shocking. Um, well, pretty humiliating for Zacchaeus at one level and shocking to everyone else that had a view of him. And this came out of a conversation, that meal that Jesus had with Zacchaeus. By the end of it, this was Zacchaeus' response. He's received that grace and he wants to do something about it. In James we read, faith without works is dead. But Zacchaeus didn't just want to give back um, you know, what he had to. We read in uh, Leviticus that um, he only had to give back plus one-fifth of the value but he's given back four times the amount. Maybe because he took way too much and he knew that, but through that conversation with Jesus, he felt convicted that he wanted to give back. He understood the grace that had been given to him and his wrongdoing and wanted to restore. Imagine how much that spoke to the people of the town. Imagine his reputation that had changed. Luke 19, 9-10 9 as we conclude. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. You are a pearl. And let us see the people of this earth as the pearls that God is chasing after. And as we come to communion this morning, let Jesus knock at the door and let us share a meal with him. Let Jesus reveal how we can demonstrate his grace to those we meet this week and for the rest of our days.
Let us not restrict to who has access to his grace. Let us not hold prejudices to, any, to anyone. This grace is for everyone and not to be kept to ourselves. Take the love of Jesus wherever we go this week, wherever we are for the rest of our days and be gracious to others as God has been gracious to us. Amen.